the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Let us seek God to grow our faith in Yeshua in order to make a difference in our world. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, Lord, is uh, just, there's so many things going on, and, and we're barraged on every side. But Lord, we know that you're sovereign. We know that you love us with an everlasting love, and you'll never leave us or forsake us. And you want us to have strong faith. So, Lord, we're here to stand and say we have faith in you. Amidst all the things that are going on, we are walking in your presence. We are standing in your, with your authority, and we are saying to the world, we believe. So, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask for a tremendous anointing on this program as we seek to give you all the honor and glory. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, uh, before we begin, let me mention a a couple things for you to consider. Uh, Most of you have friends who are Jewish and pre-believers, right? Come to our services and bring your friends. We're... uh, You know, we're in St. Pete, South Tampa, Wesley Chapel, and Riverview, and we ask that you check out our website, find uh, the times and directions, Shoresh David, that's S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org, and you know, since our services are on Friday and Saturday, we don't compete with your church services. We love visitors, and our heart is to see people, but especially all people, but especially those who are Jewish, come to know Yeshua. So, if you feel that this program blesses you, we'd appreciate you blessing us back with financial help to pay for the radio time. And uh, also, I'd mention this, as the spring feasts are about to come, yes, we're going to get ready for that, right? Um, 
please have your church or your Bible study invite us to speak uh, about these spring feasts or about anything that has to do with the foundation being the Jewish, the Jewish foundation of our faith. We'd love to get an invite. We have a number of people who go out to churches and speak. We ask that you would encourage whoever is leading your uh, church to invite us and we'd be happy to come. So for more information about any of this, Call Karen at 813-831-5673, or you could email me with thoughts, questions, opinions at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. I pray that the last few programs have helped you grow in your faith. Now let's use that faith to affect our emotions, our responses to people, and to circumstances, and 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 how we really view ourselves. We have to view ourselves even in the faith that God gives us. I'd like to continue the teaching from last week, which was about being a light by getting involved. You know, as we look at our country, and specifically our politicians, it's obvious that, that many of them seem to have lost hope because we can see them getting angry and vicious. And for the most part, they're involved, but they certainly don't show a light. So today I'm talking about the problems in our country and how we as people of faith and people in the, of the Bible can help solve them. Last week we talked about the biblical requirement for us to be unified. It doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything, but we have to have agreement on what's important. So wouldn't you say that keeping the United States under God is important, right? I think all believers would agree with that. And keeping the United States united is important, We can't achieve these things by being sarcastic and angry with others. We have to show all people respect. So when Paul addressed those in Corinth, he said the following in 1 Corinthians 1.10. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, through the name of the Lord Yeshua the Messiah, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. So what is it saying here? We're supposed to speak same things. We're not to have division. We're supposed to be united in our mind and united in our purpose. And the question that I often ask is, is it more important for you to be right or for you to be in unity with those you disagree with? And I think that's a really important question to answer. I think it will kind of set you up as to how you're going to behave to other people. How this works is if you disagree on something as important, let's say as abortion, with a fellow believer, how do you handle this? So each of you would present scripture that explains your position. You don't back away from what you believe is truth from God's word, but you also are not sarcastic and, and critical of the other person's view as they use scripture for what they believe. 
even though you disagree, and you might disagree strongly. However, you find some area of unity before you leave the discussion, like, well, we both want to serve God, and we both agree that we should live by God's word. And if you can agree on those things, then that brings some civility into how you deal with the person. Yep, it's hard. (laughs) But is this not God's word? You who are disagreeing with me right now, you're, you want to kick the radio. Tell me the type of unity God is asking for. Is it only when everybody agrees on everything? Is that your definition of, uh, you know, unity? When seeking to follow scripture and walking in the consciousness of being a light at all times and the salt of the earth, What is your advice? How would you do it? It's something to think about, right? 1 Peter 3, 8-12 Finally, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, tender-hearted, humble-minded. Do not repay evil for evil or insult for insult. But give a blessing instead. It is for this reason you were called, so that you might inherit a blessing. Verse 10. For the one who loves life, wanting to see good days, must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Verse 11. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek shalom or peace and pursue it. For the eyes of Adonai are on the righteous and his ears open to their prayer. But the face of Adonai is against those who do evil. Now look, this is a description. This, this, these verses are a description of how to be a light, how to be the salt of the earth. And so you have to take them very, very strongly. This describes the way to have unity. The evil spoken of in this verse is about being divided. It's about not being in unity. That is evil in God's eyes. We see in Philippians 2, 1 through 5, Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Messiah, if there is any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Ruach, if there is any mercy and compassion, then make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, united in spirit with one purpose. Do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider others as more important than yourselves, looking out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah Yeshua. Well, wow. This is strong, right? So, be of one mind, the same mind, have the same love, united in spirit, one purpose, with humility, consider others more important than yourself. Imagine having an argument when you consider others being more important than yourself. What does that look like? I ask you, 
So this verse or these verses in Philippians say that if we're not in unity with believers, it's because we're selfish. We're preferring our own interest over others. I'm not saying you have to agree with something you think is wrong. Don't misquote me. (laughs) But I am saying that you have to develop unity with even people you disagree with strongly. And the second thing, besides being selfish, we are being conceited because we think we're better than the others. You know, one of the things, and I won't mention the parties, but one of the things of the party that I disagree with politically is I always wonder how such bright, intelligent people can be so different in their thinking. So I don't feel conceited and think that I'm better than them. I just think in this situation I'm right, but I try and find some common ground, some unity. Even as I read these scriptures with you and further explain them, I realize the enormity of the difficulty in being in unity. It goes against our grain But am I wrong in how I'm understanding the scripture, the importance of unity? If not, do the priorities of your desires have to change? Are your priorities of your wants and desires, are you seeking unity, real, real unity? Many of us are critical of politicians, of other high-profile people who get involved in the political discourse. We don't like what they are saying and how they say it. My question is, are we better when we speak about them? Are we a light and the salt of the earth when we speak about President Trump, former President Obama, or any other politician? This country needs people to desire unity who better to lead to unity than you and i believers the light to the world we follow the light we reflect the light right it reminds me of first john 5 4 and 5 for everyone born of god overcomes the world and the victory that has overcome the world is this our faith Who is it that overcomes the world if not the one who believes that Yeshua is Ben Elohim, the Son of God? And I would ask the same question. Who is it that overcomes dissension and disunity if it's not you and I, the believers that believe that Yeshua is the Son of God? Look, society is turning everything upside down. Are are we part of the problem or are we part of the solution? Society says separate church and state. What that was supposed to mean is that the state cannot rule over the church. It never was supposed to mean that believers should not be involved with politics. Imagine, should we have only atheists running our country? The story is recorded in Mark 12, 13 through 17. If Yeshua refused to pay taxes, then they could turn 
uh, him into the authorities as a tax delinquent and lawbreaker. If he did pay taxes to Caesar, they could accuse him of paying taxes to a heathen and a foreign ruler over Israel. Yeshua knew this. They were trying to trap him and said, Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. By this, Yeshua was teaching that believers should not keep out of politics. We have a responsibility to be good citizens. Believers are to bring God's standards of righteousness and justice into the public debate and into politics. We are supposed to express the views to uh, our biblical views to government officials all the way from school boards to White House, especially on biblical and moral issues. Our silence is in part responsible for abortions becoming legal and gender questions concerning homosexuality and transgender becoming normal. Not to mention how many believers in your church, how many believers are living together without a second thought? Huh? Answer that. I would encourage my listeners to be involved in any way possible to make our country more godly. We need to stand on God's word and have faith for miracles this year. Let me share an example that really impressed me. I got a booklet in the mail from a ministry called Pray in Jesus' Name. It talked about how under President Obama's time in office, there seemed to be a major push against Christianity within the military community. This booklet gave specific examples of people and asked President Trump to reverse these things because they're still going on today in the military. In this booklet, they gave examples, but the last example they used was Chaplain Gordon Klingenschmidt at a press conference directly in front of the White House in uniform. He prayed in the name of Jesus. This was against Navy policy. So, believe it or not, facing a court-martial for praying, he demanded a court trial. The Navy judge literally ruled that worship in public was not protected by law since my public prayer in uniform this is what he's saying, was not conducted inside a Sunday chapel. So he was found guilty. He was honorably discharged but lost a 16-year career, a million-dollar pension, his home, and the honor of serving his country. So he said this, Despite my loss, I took comfort in the fact that I was finally found worthy to share in Christ's suffering. So... (laughs) It's not the end of the story. Because of the tidal wave of support by over 300,000 Americans, 35 pro-family groups, and 75 lawmakers who petitioned, Congress reinstated all that was taken away. And he now spearheads this ministry called Pray in Jesus' Name. Here is an example of someone who is treated unfairly making a difference, a tremendous contribution without getting angry, without doing those kinds of crazy things we're reading about in the in the paper today. He truly turns a lemon into lemonade in a big way, wouldn't you say? 
I, I was just in so impressed with this booklet. Uh, you know, I, I hope you've seen it. If not, go to their website. Uh, again, it's called Pray in Jesus' Name, and probably it's on the website as well. Look, Second Chronicles 7.12, Then Adonai appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I've heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself, for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, when my people over whom my name is called, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. I always think it's nice to see these famous quotes in context, and this was the context of King Solomon. any rate, the scripture tells us, number one, to humble ourselves. Number two, to pray. Number three, to seek God's face. Number four, turn from our evil ways. So you ask, what can I do? You can do those four things. If you can't be involved in other ways, do those four things, right? Humble yourself, pray, seek God's face, turn from your evil ways. And what does God do? He says he will hear from heaven, he will forgive us, and he will heal our land. Does anybody out here feel that God should heal our land? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, if you are part of the remnant that God has placed in our country, then if you can be active in politics in our culture, do it. Whether you can or you can't, you can still make a tremendous difference by being a prayer warrior. Amen? This is where faith comes in. You must have enough faith to keep praying and keep expecting God to do what you believe is his will. Remember, we were instructed by Yeshua in... um, What what verse chapter was this? I think it was in Matthew. Um... No, it was in Luke. That's it, Luke. Um, and it says, have faith in God. This is Yeshua speaking. Amen, I tell you, if someone says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but trusts that what he says is happening, so shall it be for him. For this reason, I say to you, whatever you pray and ask, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your transgressions. So we get the power, we get the authority to pray, but we've got to forgive people. Remember what Yeshua said in Luke twenty three thirty four: Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And if... He can do that when, in, in, as he's being crucified, we certainly can practice humility and forgiveness and love daily. And that will keep us on the right track. Look, I don't have any more time today, but let me just mention once again that we'd love to see Jewish people come to know the Lord Would you bring your friends to our services in St. Pete, South Tampa, Wesley Chapel, and Riverview? 
Friday night, Saturday morning, Friday night, well, check times and, and, and exact locations at Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. We love visitors. Please come. If you feel the program's blessed you, we'd ask you for financial support. It would really be a blessing. Also, please invite our speakers, our rabbis, to come and speak at your church. Speak to your pastor. Give us an invitation. And um, so I just pray that this broadcast has touched your heart. May your faith grow so that your desire would be to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.